So I want you to listen to this, what is a very familiar, or probably is a very familiar scripture passage from the first chapter of Luke. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, I'm going to stop right there. Who knows who Elizabeth is? Mary's cousin. Who's Mary? Well, right, we, not yet, but yes. Joseph's fiance, the, her, his betrothed, right? Okay, very good. Just I, I never assume that we know because we don't oftentimes uh, about who, who people are. We, we read these things. We get very used to these stories, especially those of us who've grown up in the church or have been around the church a long time. So we start talking about Elizabeth, Mary, Fred, whatever, and we don't know who they are. So in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy... God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will have no end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have her child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail, or for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. For those of, those of us who've been around Bible stories most of our lives, we sort of read these, and, and at least to me, they sort of roll over, you know, like, oh, isn't it nice, isn't it cute, isn't it whatever, it's sort of usual sorts of things, you know, we we don't get lost in the details too much, like, oh yeah, you know, here's this young woman, oh, here's this young woman. God is using this young woman. God is using this young woman who's from Nazareth. Well, Nazareth, anybody been to Israel? Okay, yeah, all right. So Nazareth, um, you can see it now because it's grown out, um, but Nazareth was this little bitty town that was on the top of a hill. They might have called it a mountain, but it was on the top of a hill, but in the depression of the hill. So if you were, if you were, if you were walking down in the valleys, you couldn't even see that it existed. I mean, Nazareth was nowhere. Kind of like Hay Springs, Nebraska, where I grew up. Like, I mean, it's nowhere. 
I mean, you go buy it and you go, oh, there's a granary. Woo! You know? God is talking to this young woman from nowhere and she's going to become what is known as Theotokos. Theotokos. The God-bearer. She is going to bear the Son of God. And I would say for most of us in the church, we just go, oh, well, that's just how, it, that's just what it is. It just happens that way. Well, Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I mean, maybe she just didn't get it, what she was getting herself into. I, don't, I mean, any of those commitments on, on your list, did you, did you, when, you said, when you said yes to that, did you, go, did, you, did you not realize what you were getting into? Anybody married in here? Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, I mean for real? Like, like, yeah, you say yes, you say yes, and then what did I just get myself into? I mean, I've joked this week that Jennifer is up for living sainthood to be the first living saint. I've been petitioning the Pope. He's a little, he's a little more open to this idea than some of the other ones. Um, I've said for 25 years, my wife has, has, has at least had more than one miracle because she's lived with me all this time. But it is, I mean, what did you say yes to, you know? I mean, and then, and then, I mean, and, and then how many of you have children? I, I mean, I don't know about, I don't know about the, the women I know for me. Like there was a point about two weeks after Noah was born where it hit me. This is... 24-7 for the rest of my life. Oh, what did I just say yes to? Too late. Right? Too late. Wow. But we just oftentimes act like all this stuff is sort of usual. You know, you... you, you you grow, at least in certain communities, you grow up, you, you, you know, you go to school, you, you, you find someone, you, you get married, you, you try to, you create a family, you, know, you get a dog, you get a second dog, you wish you had no dogs, you know, I mean, whatever, you know, I mean, and then maybe, and then maybe, 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 you know, happen to have children, you know, and then all, all that stuff that goes on, and we just, we just sort of roll into these commitments, and then, and then sometimes we, all of a sudden you go, what, what did I do? Here. What did I do here? For so many of us, the, we, we make commitments in some ways very lightly. Things that are actually, that actually will take more of us than what we realize. I'll never forget signing um, Noah up for Cub Scouts. I didn't realize it was a weekly meeting. I didn't realize that there was monthly camping. I didn't realize, you know, I mean, and all of a sudden I'm like, what in the world did I just say yes to you? But I guess what? I said yes. And I'm a guy that if I say yes, we're going to do it all the way. doesn't matter if it's a downpour every single time we go camping. <laughs> and that's no joke. That's not a hyperbole. 
Every time we went camping, it was either a downpour or it snowed about this much. I mean, Noah to this day does not enjoy camping. So just so you know. But, but, but commitment, what, what did we get into? What I love about, what I love about the Bible is, the, is, and people forget this, that these, these are not stories confected. These are stories of real people in a real life situation with a real God. God chooses Samuel, the boy, to do something really difficult. Eli, who's the priest, his sons are horrible. Because, you know, it's, it's a lineage sort of thing for the priest. And, 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 and the sons of Eli are horrible. They're ta- they take advantage of the people. I mean, the stories in the Bible, I mean, they're, they're, just, they're just despicable human beings. And God's like, okay, great, I'm just going gonna, gonna to take the priesthood away from, from this lineage. And Samuel, you're the one to take it away. He was a boy. And he tells them as a boy, this is what I'm going to do. I'm, you know, Eli's not been faithful. His children aren't faithful. I'm a, you're, I'm, you're the instrument to do this. Can you imagine? This man that is tutoring you, teaching you, and you're going to have to take away from him something that he has held dear, that has been part of his family lineage up to this point. How do you say yes to that? But he does. How do you say yes to being the Theotokos, the God-bearer? It's going to change your life forever. We know that Mary, Mary is there at the foot of the cross. She's one of the women who is there when her son, the one who is supposed to be the leader of Israel, the one who is supposed to be the king forever, is crucified. I bet she didn't realize any of that when she said, Here I am, Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And in saying yes to that, in, say, in giving her commitment to that, the angel Gabriel that day, in giving her commitment to the Lord God, she then ends up saying no to a whole lot of other things, if you think about it. I heard a, a preacher talking the other day, and he said, one of the best things that was ever said to me as a young man when, 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 when my ministry was growing and, and, and things were happening was, every time you gain something, you lose something. Every time you gain something, you lose something. We don't like that at all. We want to keep everything going on and then just add on. Just add more, add more, add more, add more. Yeah, I think that's why so many of us say, oh, I'm so busy. Oh, I can't get to this. Oh, the week. Oh, this, that, the other thing. I'm so tired. I haven't been able to sleep because I've been up doing this and that. And, I mean, the things that we say yes to, we try to say lots of yeses and then we haven't said no to anything and all of a sudden... We're just overwhelmed. 
and the enthusiastic yes that we started out with becomes sort of a whimpered yes, sort of a lighthearted yes, sort of almost I wish I wouldn't have said yes, and I wish I could say no now, but I'm too afraid because people might think badly of me, and we just stay committed to stuff that we don't have a heart for anymore. And I believe that that's not what God wants in commitment. Because when you say yes to something that the Lord is calling you to do, just read the stories in the Bible, it is going to rock your world. It's going to change everything. It's going to call out of you things that you, you never thought possible. As a pastor in 15, 17 years in leadership, you know, there isn't a week go, go, that goes by that I just don't go, you know, I don't know that I can do this. And in reality, I can't. <laughs> it's really only by the grace of God. And a willingness to say yes to this over and over and over and over again, just like Jennifer says yes to our relationship every single day. And so that all sounds pretty heavy, right? This commitment stuff, pretty heavy. But here's the great news about this. In every one of these stories, the thing that we don't really talk about very much is God's commitment to us. You want to reimagine commitment? Just think about God creating the universe, creating human beings, and then the human beings just totally going off the map. You know, going off the trail, leaving the way, then coming back, then leaving, then coming back. I mean, God's commitment to us is unwavering. So much so that then, that then he sends his son, he sends his son to show us what that level of commitment really is. And what it means to say yes to God, which is to give our very lives. Because God gives his son's very life so that we might understand and how to reimagine what it means to be committed to the things of God. Because the things of God are going to pull us into situations that we don't know the ending of. That we don't have control over. When we commit to what it is that God wants in the world, we have no idea if it's going to work or not. But we have God's commitment to us to help us be steadfast and faithful. We have God's commitment to us to be able to say no to all kinds of things so that we can say a much larger yes to what we believe God is calling us to be. And I believe God is calling us all to be Theotokos. We are all called to be God-bearers in the world. To bear the grace and the love and the commitment of God into the world. Because it needs it just as badly today as it did when Eli and Samuel were around. 
It needs to hear that story of hope and good news and grace and love just as badly today, if not worse, than when Mary was betrothed to Joseph. And they lived under the occupation of the Romans. God is calling us to commit to be God-bearers in the world. And so what I'm inviting you to do now is I want you to think about all of those commitments that you, were, that you had either written down or that you'd brought to mind at the beginning of the service. And I really want you to think this week, I want you to bring those into your prayer life and I want you to ask God, God, are these things the places where I am to be bearing you into the world? And if not, help me say no to them. And if so, help me say yes to them. And maybe there's an opportunity sitting in front of you right now that you're trying to figure out. And I think it's a great question. How can I, am I called to be the God bearer in this situation? Because God is committed to us. Completely, utterly And so as we look at our lives, the highest and best use of everything we've been given is to be theotokos and to reimagine our commitment to our faith and to God and to the world that God has made. So may you find those ways to bear God into the world, to find out where God already is and make God's voice known to all of those around you. May you find those ways where the Spirit is working through you to show people the love of Jesus Christ that is so powerful and overwhelming, it almost scares us, but it covers us with grace and reminds us of God's commitment to us, not just now, not just yesterday, but forevermore. Amen.